getting back to what we talked about last week, we talked about relationship. And, 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 and I want to go back there. If you weren't here last week, I want to encourage you, go back and listen to the message. We actually did something. Ray actually filmed it uh, last week. So the actual message is videotaped, and it's uh, on uh, the church's Facebook page. Um, and the reason why I want you to watch it, because it's heavily illustrated, all right? So we're going to kind of springboard off of last week's message into this one, but I am going to recap just a little bit, all right? Last week we talked about relationship, all right? We talked about God created the heavens and the earth, and, 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 and He created you for one purpose, really to worship Him, to have relationship with Him. And um, John, come on up real quick, just real quick. And so we illustrate this, John, you're going to be God just for two seconds real quick. And so what we said was God created man and said, you know what, Here's your, I want you to occupy and live in this land and I've given you everything and basically I just want you to be in relationship and so I am man and John is God and this relationship looked like a holding of hands and what it basically symbolizes was that, 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 that God loved man with everything and man in turn loved God with everything. And then into this, right, because God gave man free will, he wanted man's love to be genuine, not forced, all right? He said, basically, we could decide to love him or not, right? And so what happens was he puts this tree in the garden and says, basically, you know, love me and obey me. And God's very clear that love looks like obedience. And he says, so when you love me, you obey me. And he said, so basically, everything is yours except don't eat from this tree, and we know what happens. Satan comes up to man or woman and says, hey, guess what? God's kind of holding you back. In fact, if you do what he says not to do and you eat from that tree, you can have more than what God says you can have. You can have more power. You can have more wisdom. Your eyes will be open. And so the minute that happened, man goes, man, I think I want more than God. And that's ultimate sin. God plus when God isn't enough. You follow? So what happens in this relationship, instead of it being, an, it being an arrow this way and an arrow that way, the minute man said, I want more than God, he's not enough to satisfy me, that arrow reversed from looking at God and went back and God made himself God and loved himself more than he loved God. When that happened, that, that was what ultimate sin was. That's the original sin. It came in that severed the relationship between man and God. Man was now spiraling out of control, trying to run after everything that would bring him more than God. Of course, Satan's in his ear saying, yes, it's found over here in the looks form of money, or it's found over here in the form of success, or it's found over here in the form of sex or relationship. And so man's running all over the place trying to fill the void that his sin created that was meant for relationship, and only the relationship with God can fill that void. But so now he's trying to fill it with everything, right? And Satan's encouraging him. And of course, God says, you know what? I'm not okay with this. Let me get my son to die in their place for their sin. And so Jesus comes in and basically becomes extension. It bridges that gap, holds his hand out towards man. And if man will grab hold of his hand and admit their sinners and ask Christ to forgive them, then that restores right relationship with God. You may sit down, John. Thank you. Um, and so basically, in a nutshell, that's what this whole book is about. It's about sin that separated us from God, and God not being okay with it, and God creating a way back to himself to restore relationships. Are you guys tracking? Still watch last week's sermon? 
if you can. And so into this relationship, see, and this is what's so cool. God says, okay, I've got this, I've got this thing going, this relationship going. And then he sees man and he says, man, it's not good for man to be alone. So let me create a helper for him. And so he takes bone of his bone and he creates what? Or who? Woman, right? And he creates woman for man. Not man for man, not woman for woman, but man for woman. This is what he does. And he says, okay, now here you go. And then he says this, I just don't want it to be a relationship vertical between man and God. I want it to be a relationship between man and woman. And I want that relationship between man and woman to mirror the relationship between man and God. We following? So what he's saying is that same kind of love that says, man, I love you with all of my heart, with all of my soul. It's like, that's the way I feel towards my wife. And that's the way my wife feels towards me. And so this is the way it's supposed to be. They had no jobs, right? You know what you just go back there? No jobs, no responsibilities. Man, just live in paradise. Love God, love each other. Sounding pretty good right? So, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 through 28 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said, fill the earth and subdue it. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 says, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. All right. So, this is God's command, right? Love me, love each other, name the animals, and have sex. And lots of it. And you're looking at me like, can you say that in church? This is what God said. They were commanded to fill the earth. I mean, let's just be real. They were commanded to fill the earth. That doesn't just happen. God says, this is your only job. People think, oh, this gets better by the minute. All right? Live in paradise. Love me. Eat. Take care of the animals. And fill this place. Right? All right, now don't get all squeamish on me. All right? We're talking about this, and at the end of this message, I'm encouraging you to talk about this, all right? So, now I want to back off. God says, let there be a heaven and an earth, right? Let there be land and water, moon and sun, opposites, all right? Opposites, right? But they go together. Just like man and woman, God created opposites to go together. All right, guys, how many of you guys know your wives are so different than you? All right? Women, don't look at me this way because you know your husbands are just weird too, right? You guys are different. All right, we're sitting in a movie and I'm watching and I hear sniffing. What are you emotional about? Like, really, it's just a movie. I learned early, don't just tell you to Lori, it's just a movie because I normally get hit, punched. She gets physical. It's kind of like watching a Patriots game with her. It's dangerous. So, so she's just different. She's just different. 
all right? And I'm different. She's more emotional, and I'm not as emotional, and you guys are the same way. Yet, isn't it cool that God says, listen, it's not good that you be alone. Let me provide for you someone so completely different than you, and so weird, and someone that's going to challenge you that you're not going to understand, and that's your companion, right? But that's what he did. And then he said, now I want you to love each other. Listen, loving your spouse is challenging. Don't nod too much. (laughs) Loving your your spouse is challenging, right? If you don't think it's challenging, you haven't been married long enough. Come back and talk to us. It is challenging. It is what it is. It's challenging, all right? And so here's the thing. God gives you this amazing opportunity to love your spouse the same way he wants you to love him with everything in you. And so guess what? If you have a marriage, this is why Jesus says, hey, love your wives, men, as Christ loved the church. And what's he saying? Lay down your lives for your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. Listen, ladies hate that word. Get over it. God says it's a good thing if it's done right, okay? It's not demeaning. It's not second. It's not, it's just a good thing if it's done right. And God has the best in mind for your marriages. He just does. So God says, this is what you do. And so here's the thing. When this is lived out, this means that I look at Lauren and go, man, I'm trying to think of a good example here. There's so many. No, because I, I got to go home. All right. Anyway, hypothetically. All right. So you go, man, I just, you know, I just, I don't want to go to this movie with you. It's like, it's a, it's a, it's a chick flick. And I just, ah, oh, but this is war movie on. And I want to go see this. And, and this is kind of a, a, just general, but this happens. You know, I don't want to watch this. And then God would say, you know, what would Jesus do? I don't know if Jesus would go to chick flick, but for the sake of this message, he goes to the movie with his wife, all right? So, so again, this is just surface junk. Now, now, you take that illustration, you get deeper and deeper and deeper, all right? Right? And I'm not going to get into more intimate details, but yes, it gets intimate and intimate and intimate, all right? Like, I don't like rubbing your feet, Lori. No offense, man. She's beautiful feet. I'm just saying. But, you know, you know and I don't like these kinds of things or whatever. But God says in this relationship that he's created, if you, Selwyn, will lay down your life for your wife, and your wife will lay down her life for you, there will be this coming together of completely different people. And I've given you this, 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 this opportunity to sacrificially, because sacrifice means dying, to, to die to yourself to love your spouse, all right? And when you live in a marriage like this, you will have a successful marriage. You will have a successful marriage. This is why one of the first things I always say when people come to me for marriage counseling is, let's talk about, they say, let me, let me talk to you about my husband. No, let's talk about you. Because let's handle you first. If you will die to yourself and love your spouse well, I won't die to myself till they die to themselves. Well, they, we just go nowhere with that. No, you honor God, and you pray for your spouse and see what God does. So, God creates this, 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 this opportunity to, uh, for us to sacrificially love people who are completely opposite to us in a marriage relationship. Now, God's a creator, 
All right? So we were just up in Maine yesterday seeing Courtney, which was awesome. And, and, and we were just driving around all over the place and went to this place where it was just this kind of rugged sea coast and rocks and the ocean was just rolling in and just bashing off the rocks. And I just found it, like, beautiful, right? And then I drive, like, five minutes and it's beautiful farmland. And for me, just being a country kind of guy, I just loved the combination of this, this beautiful rugged ocean and farmland. It was like heaven. I was like, man, this is just such a beautiful place. But when I stop and think about that, man, God created that. This God, he's like, man, he's got a mind for beauty. And he created this and he spoke it into existence. And God's a creator. In fact, the Bible says the heavens and earth declare his glory. I mean, that means that you can't walk out of this place and look around you, not be blown away and convince your mind that, man, God had to create this. So God's this creator. And so getting back to relationship, God says that when you live in relationship, husbands to wives, and you lay your lives down for each other sacrificially, and you come together, the two become one. Opposites become one. And the result of that is creation. And God gave you the ability, when you lay your lives down for each other, to create life. Beautiful life. And you say to me, me, well, you don't have to love each other to create life. You're absolutely right. And when you don't love each other, sometimes we take life that that God wants to create. And so everything goes haywire after we get away from the original intent of what God has for us. So, so God says this coming together creates life. And guys, you know as well as I do, sex isn't the easiest thing. You don't just walk in the man, this is just perfect, got this all down. It's not like the movies make out to be. It takes work, all right? It takes prayer. You're going, oh, you're getting really creepy. Pray, yes, God created this, all right? It takes prayer, and it takes focus, it takes being intentional, and it takes loving your wife and loving your husbands. I know, because of what I do, that this is a big issue for a lot of people. So, God takes this beautiful relationship and love, and part of love, the way God created it for husband and wife within that marriage, is sex. So, getting back to the original illustration, you have God, and then you have man. And the minute man turned his thoughts and his hearts away from God and to himself, you had division, correct? And that division separated man from God. Well, because that division exists in man, what do you think happened between husband and wife? Now, we talked about this a little bit last week. The same attitude towards God then began to exist between spouses. And now all of a sudden, it wasn't about me laying down my life for my wife. It was using my wife for myself. Using my husband for myself. Now all of a sudden it was, how can I use this person for my greatest pleasure or honestly to, to, to meet my needs or it's all about what I can get and take from this relationship rather than what I can give to this relationship. So sin enters this covenant relationship that's supposed to look like this picture of God and the church and sin gets into it and guess what begins to happen? He shreds it. Sin shreds it. And sin takes sex, hijacks sex, like the video said, steals sex, and turns sex into something it was never supposed to be. 
Sin takes sex and turns it into something it was never supposed to be. Here's what I love. God gives us love and sex. The world takes sex, turns it into lust, and calls it love. You follow that? Let me say it again. God gives us love and sex. The world takes sex, turns it into lust, while calling it love. And the world does not understand what it is. And the world pumps it. And here's the thing that I'm going to hit us between the eyes with right now, is that we get so squeamish about talking about it because the world has made it dirty. And so we now see it as dirty. And I understand that. So we don't want to talk about a dirty thing when the reality of it is it is not. All right? So when you believe the definition of the world on sex, you pull away from talking about it with your children and you keep it to yourself and you can barely look your kids in the eyes and you go quiet, you the people of God go quiet and the world screams louder and louder and louder. And guess who teaches your kids about sex? Not you and not the Bible, but the world. And the world doesn't talk about love and commitment and relationship and sacrifice and God. The world talks about lust. The world talks about desire. And the world talks about flesh. And the world talks about how you look. And the world talks about how it's supposed to make you feel. And the world talks about all of these sins, things. And so our kids take in all of this while we sit back and go, ah, let's not even talk about it. And we get uncomfortable in church. If we're guilty of anything in this church, we don't talk about this enough in here. But can I also say something? It's not the responsibility of this pastor to educate your kids on sex. It's not the responsibility of the youth pastor to educate your kids on sex or the kids workers. God has given you your children to raise. And while your kids will hear about this in these areas, the responsibility is on you to talk to your kids. Amen? All right, you guys still love me? You're like, no, where's my iPad? All right, I got to find out where I am. All right. Um, so sin grabs hold of sex and transforms it into something unrecognizable, taken away from what God intended. And the world gives you lust while God gives you love. Now, I'm going to take 1 Corinthians 13 out of context. Because really this, this passage is talking about the gifts of the Spirit. But again, we use this passage a lot to talk about love and marriage. And it still stands true. Love in marriage and love in sex is patient. All right? It is kind. It is not envious. It is not boastful, proud, or rude. Now, and yes, I want you to think about this in the context of sex. All right? It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It protects, it trusts, it hopes, and it perseveres. That's what love does. What does lust do? Lust is self-centered. Lust envies others. It is impatient. It is cruel. It is envious of others. It is boastful. It is prideful. And it is rude. There's a difference between love and lust. The world gives you lust calls it love, 
and God gives you love. So while God commands, and understand this, when the first thing God commanded us to do was to fill this earth. So it is a commandment of God to fill this earth, right, with your spouse, all right? Some of our families take it very seriously. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, so while, while the Bible talks about uh, love, the Bible also talks to us about lust, all right? Lust. And so Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 through 30, this, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, anyone that looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in his heart. So let's talk about adultery real quick, and let's give you an image here. So, so I'm with my wife like this, and it's like, yes, I love, but you know what lust does? Lust says the same thing it says to God, that you know what? It, it's, it's my wife plus more, right? My wife plus more. So I take one hand from my wife, and I put it on somebody else. God hates that. God hates that, all right? Again, in that visual of relationship between two, just two people, it doesn't become three. You don't leave this one. When you leave this one, you're saying, you know what? I don't think you're, you're doing what I think you should be doing. You respect, you love, and I'm disconnecting because now I can get more for me out of this over here. It's the same thing we did with God in original relationship. We ran after money. He hates it. It just shows, again, it's like picking the fruit again and eating it, but doing it to your spouse. He doesn't like it at all. So, so what, what, what Jesus says is this. Lust is not restricted to the action, the physical action of adultery, but lust starts here, and it starts here. He says it's not just the action, it's the thought that you don't have enough here that you want it somewhere else. And here's the thing about lust. Lust really isn't loving. Lust really is a desire for flesh, not love, not even intimacy. Lust is more of a desire for an activity than relationship. The world sells lust, doesn't it? Lust. And we buy into it, unfortunately. All right. Um, I want to make sure I cover everything that I wanted to cover before I move on. All right, let me shift here a little bit and talk about, about our kids in this too. This is tough enough in, in, in relationship and in marriages. Uh, and, and I want you to know, before I get into the kids here, uh, this is real. A lot of marriages struggle with this. There are a lot of ladies that struggle with sex. Just, there are a lot of ladies that struggle. It's, a lot of times, it's self-esteem issues. Um, you know, ladies, sometimes you just feel like, man, I don't, I don't look like this person. And again, you're buying into the world's image of what you should look like. I, I feel like I don't meet this or I don't meet this. And you're so self-conscious and all of these things. And I want you to know that's exactly what the world is selling you. Because if you try and buy into what they're, what they're selling you, then they will make money off of it. It, all right? Um, and I want to tell you, if you struggle with that, you, Lori has some material that she could share with you, some books that you could read that have been really, 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 would be really, really helpful to you, all right? Ladies, I want to tell you, first and foremost, all right, you are defined by who Jesus is. You're not defined by an image. 
You're not defined by the pages of magazines, and you're not defined by TV, all right? Your value doesn't come from men lusting after the way you look, all right? Your value is not found in that. Ladies, I want to caution you, all right? Don't give in to what the world creates and try and dress yourself seductively or whatever. Don't do it. It's not worth You don't want men coming after you for that. And you're also going to cause men to stumble in that, all right? So ladies, your value is found in Jesus Christ. Dressing a certain way and, and, and letting men come after you, your value is not found in men. Honestly, it's going to leave you empty and broken your entire life. You, it will never fulfill you. It will never bring you peace. It will never bring you satisfaction. It will never do any of these things. Even as the video said, it promises if you will just do this, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have the great relationship. You're going to have all of this. It's lies, lies. And it's no different than Satan's whispering in your ear, go and do this, go and do that, go and look like this, go and do that. All right, men, let me talk to you. These ladies are not physical objects, all right? They are your sisters in Christ, all right? That God has given us responsibility to hold up and esteem and lay our lives down for. The world would have you see them as physical attractions, as things to be conquered and, and victories to be won. And the world will have you see them as men. How good I would feel to be with that. And when I say flesh, that's exactly what it means. That flesh or that look. And it always says, oh, the grass is greener. And then they pump TV shows into your mind in movies to try and tell you that this is how good it's going to be. Never is. The grass is not greener on the other side. It's just not all right, what you need to do is lay your life down for your wife and learn to love her. And wives, lay your lives down for your husbands, all right? So this is challenging. Men, that Satan would have you believe is that you're the only guy that struggles with lust. If you believe that, he's going to get into you. He's going to keep you all confined to yourself, not sharing it with anybody. And then he's going to try and destroy you with it. And he's going to try and, 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 and let that seed in you grow if you take a seed, you cover it up, and you water it, it's going to grow. It's going to turn into a plant or a tree. You don't want lust to turn into a tree in your life, all right? And so God's given us accountability. We get with other brothers. I've seen this happen in this church, and I see it work very, very well. Guys, lust is not something that we conquer and go, okay, boom, conquered that. I'm just going to tell you, I am as much a man as I am a pastor. I am not exempt from this either. Watching TV, and I, you can't even watch a movie. I'm not even talking like, I'm not talking an X movie. I'm not even talking an R movie. I'm just talking like a movie and go, everything is focused on sex. Like, it seems like everything. Gum commercials, commercials for hamburgers. I mean, everything. It's ridiculous. It's disgusting. And it's prime time. All right? So, men, you're not exempt from this. Guess what? The battle is the Lord's, but you have to participate in it. All right? That means you have to run. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to empower you. And he is greater. And he will help you conquer it. And you can have victory in it. Amen? You don't have to be conquered by it. And we've seen this happen. Ladies, again, you are not defined by your bodies or self-esteem or by the looks of men. You're defined because Jesus Christ made you who you are. And you are beautiful because of what is in here. All right? Know that. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about our kids. The world knows if you're going to change culture, you need to get kids from the time they're young. I'm just going to use the Acampo kids as an example. Uh, Gigi, how old is Gigi now? Six? 
seven. All right, Gigi and Gabby, right? <laughs> Both less than seven and they're bilingual. A lot of your kids are in here, bilingual. That impresses me because I can barely speak English, all right? So I look at this and I go, man, they're bilingual. And you know that they say that if you want to teach a kid two languages, start when they're young. It means they have this amazing capacity to learn from a young age. I wish I knew Spanish. That's the one language I'd like to learn. Nothing against anybody else's language, but I'd like to learn Spanish. And, 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 and I watch these kids. They go, that's amazing. But guess what? How long have they been speaking two languages? How old were they? Since when? Since they were basically born, and since they could start uttering words, they've been using two languages, right? Anybody else, kids, bilingual? Probably a lot of you, right? Since the time they were little, right? All right. The world knows. The world knows. Man, if I want your kids, I'm going to start pumping them full of messages from the time they are little. Guess what? 10 to 15 years is not a long time. In 15 years, you can change an entire country. You can change the entire country. If these kids start watching TV at age three, and they're watching messages about two moms raising kids or two dads raising kids, they begin going, oh, this is normal. This is normal. This is normal. They start watching about all these extramarital relationships, and they're watching mom jump into bed with somebody else and dad doing the same thing in affairs. Oh, this is normal. Divorce is normal. This is no-. By the time they get to 18, in 15 short years, they are voting And everything that we've said is different and not of God is now normal in their minds. And if we don't have conversations with them, or if our conversations only exist to be six to ten minutes long because we can't bear to mention sex, you can't undo 15 years of the world pumping it into their heads 24-7 in six minutes of conversation. You follow? All right? Now, I know we have a lot of different cultures, and I know cultures are different. Guys, don't take this the wrong way. I don't care about what culture you're from. I care about your kids. All right? And I'm telling you, you don't want to lose your kids because culture says, no, we don't do this. This is what America is doing. And your kids are here, and they're getting infiltrated with this stuff. All right? And we have a mission. We have to save our children. All right? And so hear me when I say this, because I'm going to give you some stats here that might blow you away that you don't probably want to hear. So, so the world starts pumping into our kids, even in Sesame Street, even in other things, innocent shows. You watch a show like Friends, right? And it's prime time, and you're hearing about somebody's pornography collection. Like, it's normal. It's just another thing that guys do. Man, that stuff destroys All right? And so all this becomes normal. Our kids grow with it. We have a five-minute conversation with them. And you know what their response is? They smile. They look at us and they go, you're so old-fashioned. You're so close-minded. We should open your mind a little bit. I know that's what church teaches. But, man, you don't know what the world teaches. And so this is what begins to happen in our homes and with our children. Do you know where they get it from? Where are your kids being educated? They're being educated by these things right here. How many of your kids have these, right? How many have smartphones? Mine do too. Smartphones. Do you know you can access anything in here? Guess what? It's much easier to go to Google to answer a question is to go to mom or dad, all right, or YouTube. Do you know that you can, I do a lot of image searches because I search for like PowerPoint images. You can search Jesus and be astounded about what comes up. You just can. 
Because these guys spend a lot of money to set the hook. Let me give you a picture real quick. I like to fish. All right, when it comes to the pornography industry, do you know that the pornography industry is a $97 billion industry in the world a year? $97 billion. I want you to think about in terms of fishing hooks with bait on it being cast out, 97 billion of them, because you know what keeps their, 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 their money coming in? Us and our children. And they put an image on a fish hook. And if, if, if my kids are on YouTube looking at SpongeBob, and an image comes up that gets their attention, all of a sudden they're waiting, and once they set that hook, they begin reeling in your children. Do you know what the average age of of, of a child is that starts watching hardcore pornography? Eleven. Eleven. That's average. That means that some start older and some start a whole lot younger. 11 years, and I'm not talking like they see a scene, it's hardcore pornography, and that they start taking it in. 11 years old. Do you know that $3,000 every second is spent on pornography? $3,000 every second. 28,000 internet users every second are watching it right now. And we're going to talk to our kids for six minutes. And it's going to be as general as we can possibly make it. You good? You good. Sex is bad. Marriage is good. We clear? If I could do things differently, I would. I would. I'd spend more time. I'm a, I don't even have bad kids. But I would. When, when do you think the normal age is to talk to your kids about sex? Most of us would probably go, you know, 14, 15. Guess what? World's had them since they were four or five. They may be taking in hardcore pornography for four years, but the time you start telling them about the birds and the bees, they're so beyond you. Man, they know about things you don't even know about, you haven't even heard of. They have terms that you haven't even heard. You know what else, man? If you read the lyrics to the songs that are being put out there, some, they're disgusting. It's, it's just disgusting, some of the stuff that they're talking about. And if you don't know what the words are, go to Urban Dictionary. Look it up. If it seems like a word that doesn't make sense, go look it up. And you'll probably want to throw up. But that's being pumped into your kids. And your kids are singing these words, they don't even know what they mean. And so are mine. And their friends are talking to them. And guess what? They're going to take in from whoever they can because they want to get the information that they can. We can't afford to let the world tell our kids or influence our own lives about sex because what they're giving them is lust and not love. And then here's what happens. Our kids grow up and they, and they have all these visuals and images in their, in their kids. And yes, guys, I've seen pornography. I was in the army, not because I wanted to see it. Here's the thing. It's not that you don't want to see it. That's the problem. I'm just going to be real. It's not that you don't want to see it. Most men, yes, we were created to love this and enjoy this. All right? So when you see something like this, you, there's this battle inside of you that you want to see it, but you don't want to see it. 
in the army, I couldn't get, when I went in, and I, and I think I, I told the staff this not too long ago, and a guy in the army can, can, can probably, when I first went to the first unit, I was probably 18 years old. I went into my room, and on top of my bunk bed, at the top bunk bed, there was a full poster of a lady, all right? She was barely wearing clothes, and that's where my bed was, and I went to sleep like this. And it wasn't that I, that I didn't like what I looked at. I couldn't take it down. I couldn't go in as a new guy saying, oh, no, this is not how it works. And so every night, Bible in one hand, looking at this, guess what? Satan knows how to work, doesn't he? Right? I go into a movie, I go into a room, and everybody's watching pornography. And you walk in, and you see things that you can't get out of your head. All right? Guys, I'll be honest with you, too. We went, we, Lori and I were in, in, in Florida for... Um, uh, years ago, and I said, you know, I don't want to go to Panama City because that's where there's too much flesh. I want to go to this military beach. It's called Destin. It's in Destin. It's a kind of more secluded. We went there. So I just want to go here and just sit with you and enjoy the water. And not, I'm not kidding you. The Seattle Seahawks cheerleaders all came onto the beach. The sa- and they sat right next to us. And I'm going, oh my. And it's not that I didn't like what I saw. That's the problem. And then I thought, I'm going to go to the water. And they all came to the water with me. (laughs) Some guys would be like, oh, thank you, God. If you're single, (laughs) point me to the Christian. And I I get that. But listen, guys, you can love your wives. I have no desire to cheat on her. But I think we see more things we're ever meant to see. And Satan uses it. And you have a good heart and try, and the enemy's going to come at you. All right? Your kids are good kids. I'm not suggesting they're out there looking for something, but Satan's got them, these guys fishing for your kids. All right? It's a real battle that we fight. It's a real battle. I'm not attacking people because I understand the battle, but it's a real battle that we have to admit and fight it hard, and we need to fight it for our children. Please fight for your kids. Please, please don't be so selfish. And yes, I'm saying this, that you don't talk to your kids because you can't bear to mention it. Because you know what happens? They will be exposed to it, and then they get to their marriages, and in their mind are all the pictures they've seen about what sex looks like, and then they put these unfair expectations on their spouses. And then the spouses are shattered because they can't seem to make their husbands happy or their wives happy, whatever it may be. And then the kids watch this. And then homes get broken. And the enemy keeps pumping in. Yes, yes, this is well, so messed up your relationship. This is about what you get out of this and all of this. And then it, this sin of sexual lust is destroying our culture and destroying our families. And we can't sit back. And watch it happen. Because we're afraid to have a conversation with our kids. $97 billion is being invested to get your children and to get you. When I think about how much that is a second of $3,000 a second, I am dismayed. Average age is 11. You might want to rethink when you have that talk. The words sex and porn rank fourth and sixth among the top 10 most popular search items on the internet. 
Every 39 minutes, a new pornography film is made. The world's not waiting on age limits for your kids. They'll get them as soon as they possibly can. I did have a slide, and I forgot to put it in, but I had a picture of a director. It's, a, it's just a picture of the guy's face, the director. And I want to put this up there on the screen and say, do you really want this guy teaching your kids about sex? Because he's eager to, and he's waiting for the opportunity. Or do you want to allow Jesus Christ, do you want God to educate your kids about the beauty of laying down your life for your spouse? About working through the issues, about loving, about caring, about commitment. And there's a lot in here, guys. And yes, the Song of Solomon is, yeah, all right? It is, God's not afraid of this. He's not. You and I might be, but he's not. Because he created it, and it is beautiful. I may even be wrong on this, but I, again, when I, when, I, when I think about this, man, I think seven or eight, maybe younger. And you know what? I, I like what Andy Stanley says about this. Andy Stanley says this, don't have a talk with your children about sex Start a conversation with your children. He said that he went to his boys and said, hey, listen, we're not going to have a talk. We're going to start a conversation, and it's going to continue. It's not going to be five minutes. It's not going to be six minutes. It's going to continue over these foundational years of your life that we're going to start talking, and it's going to be open, and we're going to talk about it so much, it's, going to be, it's not even going to be weird that we're talking about it. And we're going to start a conversation that continues in their lives. I like that. I like that because we don't want, your voice is going to be outnumbered very, very, very quickly, but your voice carries a whole lot of weight and your voice empowered by the Holy Spirit is victorious in this world. And that's what we need in our lives and with our kids. I want our kids to be successful in life. I want our kids to be successful in marriage. The reason why we put so much into our kids' ministries is because they're incredibly important. They, they, they are the church. They are the future of the church. I was blessed with youth group. We had almost 30, 27 kids at youth group. That was incredible. It's like 10% of the church at youth group. It's amazing. Our kids' ministries is, is full. And our, and our teachers, they're going to be teaching. But I remember as a youth pastor, the pressure that when, when I had sixth graders and going, parents going, oh, you're going to talk to my kids about sex? Oh, no, I don't want my kids there. Your kids better be here. Your kids, but you can't afford for them not to be here. You know? And even the stats are worse than I thought they were. It gets worse every single year. But in all of this, our God is bigger. And our God is king. And this trumps anything the world throws at us. Before we close, in your bulletin, you'll pull out this little half sheet. All right? Parents, please pay attention to this. We've given you some, some basically some, some, some ideas of things to talk about with your children. All right? Some things, this is just to resource, give you a bit of a framework. What is love and, and what is sex and, and, and what is God's view of it and what is dating? What does dating look like? And, and the battlefield of the mind 
for our kids. It, it starts here, guys. And so there are resources here, preparing your sons for every man's battle, uh, preparing your daughters for every woman's battle, I kiss dating goodbye, don't date naked, the act of marriage. Maybe you should sit down and read these with your kids. Don't just give them the book and say good luck. Maybe read them with your kids, all right? We also have some accountability software on here. Accountability software that if you struggle with these things, yes, some of them cost money, but you know what? It's money well spent, all right? So we understand, man, things, things are challenging. Oh, let me just back up. Your phones, there are, there, there are safe searches. There are, there are things you can do for the internet that don't get rid of everything. But you can, you can basically make sure your kids' phones and the internet access is governed, all right? Make sure you're checking your kids' phones. You may be thinking they're watching YouTube and even stuff on YouTube. I mean, it's everywhere, guys. It's on iPads. It's anywhere they get the internet, it's coming at them. And your kids are not exempt. Your kids could probably teach you a little bit. I hate to say it, but it's true. So please take these resources in, all right? And God is bigger. You honor God. You pray your way through. You ask God to give you wisdom. You ask the Holy Spirit to guide you as you talk with your kids. I want to tell you, your kids don't have to be a statistic in the world. They can grow up and live godly marriages and godly relationships. Men and women, in your own lives, if you are struggling in this area... Listen, God is bigger, all right? God wants you to have a great sexual relationship, love-making experience with your spouse. He does. He does. And, and as weird as you may, you know, a couple of may make you feel, you pray about it. And you ask God, if you struggle in that area, you start asking, what can I do differently? What can I do, God? How can you help me? Are there insecurities in me that exist that are basically throwing me off? That's for both men and women, all right? And, and practice laying your lives down for your spouses. God can heal. God can heal and God can make it what he intended to be. But the problem is sometimes we come in with images from the world in our minds and we try and recreate a worldly thing rather than a godly thing, all right? If you struggle with lust, men, listen, God can conquer that. But get an accountability partner. Listen, I can't be everyone's accountability partner, so there are other solid men here that you can, you can, you can just get into and, and guess what? They probably struggle too, all right? A lot of men struggle. Ladies, if you're insecure, talk to some of our other godly ladies here. A lot of ladies have gone through that and been through that. And God can help you. And God's given us each other to build each other. Like you're not alone in this. If you're alone, it's because you're not latching onto someone that God's put next to you. The answer to your prayer might be sitting right next to you. So you pray, God, will you show me who you want me to go to? God, would you give me that person? Would you help me to open up? And, and people, let's hold this stuff confidentially and close, and let's walk with each other. Amen? And we can have victory. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Would our prayer team come up and make themselves available? Guys, the altars are going to be open for anything, all right? Everybody goes, I don't want to respond to an altar call on sex because it looks like i got issues. That's not what I'm saying. This altar call is, listen, this could be for your children. This could be for you. It could be for a sickness. It could be for anything. And if people want to think things, they need to get saved, okay? All right? And pray for them. All right? But if you need God to help you in some area, not even just this, you know, come and, and, and pray with someone and talk with someone, all right? But you can walk out of here victoriously. Amen? Well, Jesus, we just come before you this morning, and we just thank you for who you are.
God, we just thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the King of kings, God. And God, you defeated sin, death, and the grave, God. You defeated the sin's interpretation of sex, God, and the wonderful thing that you've made it out to be. God, I pray, Father, that you would bring healing to marriages in this place, Lord God. I pray for husbands and wives, God. God, I pray especially for for ladies right now. If they are struggling, Lord God, with intimacy, God, if they are struggling, Lord Jesus, with with self-worth, Lord God, and how they value themselves, Father, would you heal them? God, would you help them to find value in the fact that they were created and formed by you, Lord Jesus, and that they are beautiful. God, I pray for for men, Lord Jesus, in this place. And God, if they are struggling with looking at women as if they are objects, Father. God, if if they've been bombarded by sexual images, Lord God, and they're struggling with lust, Father, we just bring it before you, Lord Jesus, and pray, Father, that you would would strengthen them, Lord God. God, that you would give them the power, the strength to look away, Lord God. And as they strive towards it, that you would meet them halfway by the power of your Spirit. We know that we don't have the power, Lord Jesus, but you do. God, we pray for our children. God, we pray, Father, that you would protect them, Lord God, that you would guard their minds and guard their hearts from the attacks of the enemy. God, I pray for parents and for the courage to have these conversations with their children, Lord God. God, I pray for for grandparents to have the courage to talk to grandchildren or their own kids uh, about talking to their grandchildren, Lord Jesus. We just pray for the family unit, Lord God. What the world is destroying, God, you have already paid the price to heal it and to set people free. Would you move in our lives? Let us be a living example. In the name of Jesus, would you heal? Would you restore? Would you guard? Would you encourage? Would you love? Would you have your way? In Jesus' name, amen.